name is Felicia Wright, and this is the Go Rogue Podcast. Do you feel stuck? Does every day feel like Groundhog's Day? Well, I'm here to tell you it's time to take charge of your life and know that you are meant for more than this. It's time to go rogue. This podcast is for people that are ready to say enough is enough and discover their new normal with entrepreneurship. Get ready because your rogue journey starts now. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Go Rogue podcast. I am so excited to welcome Rhonda to the podcast. Welcome, Rhonda. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited because Rhonda is actually my coach and she's phenomenal. Let me tell you, she's really awesome. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about Rhonda. So Rhonda has spent over 20 years as a corporate trainer, career coach, and workshop facilitator. As an empowerment coach, she helps women overcome obstacles that are keeping them from transitioning into a life that they love. Rhonda's coaching approach is centered on transformational conversations that create a sense of self-awareness, motivation, problem solving, and overall well-being. So I am super excited about this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thanks again for having me. I love, I love every time I hear that bio, I'm like, that is so me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Sometimes I hear my bio. I'm like, did I do all that? I <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited. Um, she has an amazing story. So Buckle your seatbelts. You're going to love her story on how she went rogue. So Rhonda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background just to get started? Yeah, so I have a really interesting background. So like I, like my bio said, I came from corporate America um, after going rogue the first time. So previously, I kind of grew up in the beauty industry. So I grew up in the beauty industry, and that's what put me through um, undergrad. I was always kind of this entrepreneur even in the beginning, in like high school, but I felt the social pressure and some pressure from like, you know, my, my parents to go to college and get what they call a real job. So mm-hmm. after about um, five years of doing nails, I went to college and got a bachelor's degree and worked in corporate America for banks and human resources. And after about, I would say maybe 10 to 15 years of just the grind, I realized that I was always an entrepreneur and I just really could not take it anymore. So I started making the transition to escape corporate and do my own thing. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about that, like to escape. So what prompted you to want to escape and leave corporate? Like I know there was something. Right. Well, I, like I said, I started out in training and development and I worked in HR for um, a lot of major corporations and it wasn't fulfilling. I loved being able to interview people and train them and give them employment, but there was something missing. So what I did was I transitioned from human resources to career education. And I started working with students at various colleges in the career services department. And after a few 
years of just watching people um, do what they were really wanting to do and then being the person to encourage them and motivate them and say, hey, you know, if it's not your passion, don't do it. And just really kind of showing my students how to brand themselves and, you know, get their jobs and live their best life in real life, which is my motto. You know, it got draining after a while to be the person that was um, in this box, kind of watching the people that you are helping go off and have what I value the most is freedom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have it. So I kind of started having FOMO. You know, I was like, I, I, I want to go live my best life too and get out of this office. Yeah. So you almost have to take your own advice because you're telling like, if you don't like it, don't do it. And then yeah. here we are as women doing things that we don't like. That was exactly it. I mean, I, I worked for um, the last corporate job I had. I was the director of career services for a massage therapy school. And a big part of my job was to go to spas on a regular basis and tour these spas and facilities. And, you know, I would watch the people during the day that had the freedom to come and get a massage or a treatment. And then I would watch my students and my graduates have the luxury of being able to work with clients as energy workers and healers and everyone just seemed so happy and so peaceful and although I loved what I was doing that element of freedom was just was screaming at me and I I had to get out. I like that you said that because literally when I was in the classroom my classroom didn't even have a window so when I would go up front like I could see out the double doors and I'm like look at other people carrying on with their lives and I'm stuck in here. Sorry. I have the exact same feeling of like, I could be out there too. Yeah. It's like an animal. It's almost like being an animal in a cage that you don't know isn't locked. Yeah. And then you realize you kind of push that door and you're like, oh, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about when you did leave. Like, what was that experience like? Oh gosh, you know, it was, it was freeing, but it was, it was scary because I really didn't have a plan. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I knew that I wanted to be free and I missed my roots in the beauty industry. I had maintained my license for gosh, um, 20 years. I had maintained my license in the beauty industry and I knew I wanted to, um, be back in a place where it was creative and flexible. And, you know, I would talk with people every day. So I figured, you know, I have all of these skills. Why not monetize them? Why not go back to my roots? So when I left, I took about six months off and then I decided to go back into a salon as a part-time nail technician after being gone from the beauty industry for 20 years. Wow. How was that? I could, I mean, I can only imagine like things have changed and a lot had changed a lot had changed and it was it was kind of a learning curve for me but what I found was and and I would be honest you know I was never the best nail tech in the world I was never but I loved doing and I loved being creative but what I found was what I loved the most was talking to my clients and people would come in for manicures and pedicures and they knew that I was not the best nail technician. Like this polish is probably going to chip in three days. <laughs> <laughs> but 
they would come in for what I now know to be coaching sessions with me. You know, people were so fascinated by my story. Like, well, why are you doing nails? Like, didn't you go to college and couldn't you be? And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I love, you know, dressing funky and, you know, having like music playing at work and conversations going and people getting beautiful. And I, I feel inspired when I'm here. So, um, you know, they were like, I love this. And people would come in and they would come to me with their problems. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of realized at that point, okay, Rhonda, you know, you're helping people. You're solving these problems for them. You have this background in training and development. Maybe you should do something with that because you're, you're kind of, you know, the beauty industry has kind of moved on without you. This isn't like 1994 and people are getting, you know, cocoa from SWV nails. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they moved on a little bit and I, and I didn't move with them. So I, I decided that, you know, um, it's the, the beauty industry as much as I love working with women. And that's when I realized I really love work, working with women and helping them. But that just was not the, the, uh, the vessel, the, the salon was not the way I should be doing it. Yeah. And one thing I want to highlight just from where we're at in your story is like the courage that it took to leave corporate and take that time off for yourself, even just to take time off for yourself takes courage. Like, because as women, we're trying to take care of everybody. And then when you realize that the nail tech thing wasn't working, you have the courage to really self-identify and realize, oh, this is really what I'm good at. Not nail tech. Like I'm good at coaching people. So kudos to you. Like what gave you the courage to just like bank on yourself? Really? Most you know, I, I think for me, and, and this is probably my, my main focus of coaching and working with my clients, and it, it's not something, I mean, I've always been self-aware, but mm-hmm. I think for me, the courage is knowing that corporate America, you know, and the jobs that I've had, they aren't going anywhere. And I think that when you have, when you know the skill sets that you have, you know, if you've ever had a high paying job or gotten bonuses and raises, when you really know how valuable you are, then you kind of know that you really don't have anything to lose. You know, I've always known that I can monetize whatever. I can always get a job. You know, I could always survive. I look back on before the degrees, before the titles and the, the fancy zip codes and everything. You know, where did I live um, when I was an undergrad? What was I doing? Was I happy? And if I had to go back to that tomorrow, would I be okay? And, and I would always be able to tell myself, yeah, like if I had to go and live in like a cute two bedroom apartment above a barber shop, um, you know, and drive a Honda Accord, I was okay. And I, I made it out of that once. So I can definitely, without the knowledge and the education. So with more skills comes more success. It's just the mindset of if you've done it once, you can do it again. And even if you have to go backwards in, in, in society's eyes, you're going backwards with way more skills, way more knowledge. So what do you really have to lose? Oh, that's perfect advice because I know for years, like before I ventured out, like I really struggled with like, well, what if I fail? What if I have to go back? Like, what are people going to think? And now I'm two years into it. I realized like two years ago, I knew nothing like zip zero zilch, nothing. And to really think about how far I've come 
even uh-huh. through the failures, it's still a good thing that I had the courage to even do it. So I like that wow. you highlighted that. And that's what I want women to hear because even if you go for it and fail, you learn something. Absolutely. And I, 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 I um, embrace failure. Failure makes you better better actually than everyone else. I mean, there is not a successful person out here that just woke up one day and had an idea and everything went well. And now they're a gazillionaire. Like it does not work like that. You have to experience trial and error to perfect your ideas and to perfect your goals and your dreams. So I think that, you know, it's not a question of what if I fail, I knew that I was going to fail. And I was going to grow and I was going to come out better. And the people that, you know, we worry about, like, well, what are they going to think? I knew that those folks would still be where I left them. And, you know, if I, if I ever had to go back, at least I would be able to say, well, I'm coming back better because I've experienced something. You have been staying here for the last, you know, four years. What do you know that's new? Oh, good point. Good point. Like recently I had a a conversation with my husband and I was telling him before I did any of this, I was like, you know, you realize like I was literally stuck doing the same thing year in, year out, not learning anything new, like nothing. Nothing. Not, and not just skills. I mean, learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that, and this is one of the things that really breaks my heart because I feel like, you know, for me, it wasn't really the fear of success or the fear, the fear of failure that paralyzed me. It was the fear of success. Really? Yes. Yes. That, that was my, that, that was my demon. That's still my demon. I'm just aware of it and I'm walking through it, but I was never worried about failing because I know that everyone fails everybody fails. Not everyone has success. And when you don't have a lot of people, like the majority of people that have, you know, shown how to deal with the stress and the isolation and the conflict, the internal conflict that comes with success, because there aren't as many successful people to model. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that, you know, I would go out and be great and I would have these opportunities and I wouldn't know how to decide or I would be overwhelmed or, you know, it would just be so much that people wouldn't want to be around me anymore. I wouldn't be relatable and Mm -hmm. I would end up on success Island all by myself. And I didn't want that. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Like that's a thought. Whoops hit my my speaker over here Um, that's a thought that has crossed my mind it's like well what if I get there and I don't know what to do with it you know so how are you taking steps to overcome that right now well lots of therapy (laughs) (laughs) I always say my my dream team is is my therapy my coach and my god you know I mean you can't outrun yourself and and this may, may sound very egocentric but I I now realize that the things that I am doing, I've always been destined to do them and it's just going to get bigger and better and scarier. And no matter how many times I try to walk away from it or water it down, you can't change who you are and what's for you. You just have to learn how to deal with it. So, I mean, for me, it gets a little bit easier because, you know, through therapy, through coaching, I'm aware of my fears and I kind of put myself, I, I try to just remember that at the end of the day, I don't care if you're Oprah, Will Smith, JLo, you know, all of these people that we look up to, they weren't always that person. 
you know, that, that we see them, that we idolize and they put their pants on and, you know, probably trip putting them on just like we do every day. And, and people are people, you know, so you just kind of have to accept that you're going to be isolated a little bit because that's why they call it the 1%. But as long as you stay humble and remember where you came from, like Will Smith, JLo, Oprah, you're gonna be okay. That's awesome. And I love that you really talked about like a lot of the mindset piece that goes into entrepreneurship, because that is seriously the issue, the game, the struggle. It's all about the mindset to get to where you're trying to go. So tell me a little bit about how you help some of your coaching clients through that and how you coach them through this. Man, this is the thing that I love the most because my one of my core values is advocacy because I feel like I had to learn everything the hard way. And I wish someone had just plucked me and said, you know what, Rhonda, you're doing it wrong, girl. So with my, with my clients, we talk a lot about um, how far they've come and how they got there. Really just um, reminding them of the foundation that they've already built. I think a lot of times my clients, because I do get a lot of second career people or people who are going rogue and Mm -hmm. feel like they're not good enough to sell their services or attract clients. And I remind them all the time, you know, go pull your last few um, annual reviews from the job. What did the job say about you? You know, what were the bonuses that you got? What are the feedback that you've gotten? Um, I tell people all the time, you've already made a million dollars. You just made it for the companies. If you believe in yourself as much as the companies that chose you believed in you, you're going to be okay. You know, like they're not just hiring anybody. Obviously you were chosen. You just have to believe that you are worthy of everything that was given to you and then decide to take it. That's huge like and that's such a shift to think about it's like you have made millions just not for yourself Uh like Uh no like I'm telling you no one thinks that way I've never thought that way and that's so powerful to think that way because you have been doing a lot and you have to recognize like just recently well before I used to write down my monthly weekly and daily goals I fell off And then I started doing it again. And just by the act of writing it down and seeing how much I accomplished in a month, a week, a day, I was like, whoa, like, I am doing way more than I thought. Yes. Yes. I tell my clients all the time, you have to trust your dopeness. Like they, you don't like employers know how dope you are. Recruiters know how dope you are. You don't know it because you feel there's this group think of, well, we all went to college. We all got the same education. We all did this. We all did that. But no, what did you do? And and this even goes back to when I worked in career services and I, I had this formula for the tell me about yourself question in interviews. And I would tell people all the time, employers want to hear numbers. They want to hear what you did specifically. Don't regurgitate your job title. What have you done in the last, you know, six months that increased the bottom line of your company? And I tell my clients, go back to every tell me about yourself um, question that you've ever answered and list all of the things you've done. Now reframe that and think if you did it for yourself. If you made that money, how bossed up would you feel about yourself? Yeah, like we'd feel invincible. Right. 
And worst case scenario, I always tell them, you know, it's not like if you leave a job or a corporation that, you know, your degree just turns into dust or your experience <laughs> just goes away. You know, I have a client who is a pharmacy technician and I told her, I said, you know, there will always be a pharmacy in a, a drugstore or yeah, in a drugstore or in a um, grocery store or in a Target. You know, worst case scenario, if you had to, you know, not boss up and not go out and chase your dream, you know, you can always go work at Target and like fill a prescription and you'll be OK. That's true. What do you have to lose? Exactly. Not much, actually. Not much. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to ask you one question. Um, what is an event that you think changed your life the most? Ooh. Ooh, an event that changed my life the most. Um, wow, I've had so many crazy things happen to me. Yeah, so, I love the crazy stuff. <laughs> I know, I've had, I've had so many cra- crazy things. I think the event that has changed my life the most is probably becoming a licensed foster parent. Really? Tell us yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, so so I grew up, my mom was a, became a foster parent when I was 16. So I was um, always very familiar with foster children and foster care system. And I got exposed very early on to children who didn't have um, a lot of the advantages that, that I had. You know, I grew up, I was a military brat. My mom had her own business. So becoming a foster parent or just being a part of the foster care community, because I became a licensed foster parent at 24. So I think becoming a, uh, a part of the foster care community, what that did for me is it really showed me um, the opportunities that have been awarded to me that other people didn't have and what I was doing with my opportunities. You know, I looked at all of these kids that, you know, came from a lot of struggle and a lot of them, despite the struggle, I think that's what even motivated me more. The, the kids that came into our homes or came into our lives that didn't have the opportunities that I had and went on to, you know, make something of themselves and surpass what I was doing. And I'm just like, you know, I have two parents, education, all of these things, you know, I wasn't being abused and I was just kind of sitting on it. I knew that I had to do more with what was given to me. And I think it really made me very resourceful because, and that's, that's just one of the things that I'm known for is figuring out a way with what I have, you know, watching these kids have nothing. And then, you know, I guess taking the little bit that was given to them and making something out of it. I'm like, I can do this. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that being exposed to the foster care community changed my life and had the most impact on me. That's amazing. And that's such a great way to give back because there's so many children out there that need mentors and need support and literally just need a roof over their head. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Things that we take for granted. Like I know I took, I take things for granted all the time and I do my best not to, but that's amazing. So I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, And I know you're going to rock this question because this is what you're good at. Um, (laughs) What's the number one piece of advice for a woman that might be struggling and wants to start her road rogue journey but doesn't know what to do what would you tell her I would say the number one piece of advice is look at where you are and how you got there and know that you can always go back that's good that's yeah. that's really good yeah it's not going anywhere. 
Yeah. When I left, I, I felt like I couldn't go back. It's like, I can't go back. I can't go back. Yeah. And you can always go back in some capacity. Like I say, I say that all the time too. Like I don't ever see myself going back and being, you know, HR, but I can definitely go back as a freelance consultant. I can definitely go back as, you know, a, 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 a trainer, a contract trainer. If I had to, if I mm-hmm. absolutely had to do it, I know that I could have all of these things. So you're, you're really not losing anything. Yes. Awesome. That's a great piece of advice for anybody that wants to go rogue or has gone rogue, but they're scared out of their wits. Cause trust me, I was there. Yeah. Um, you can always go back and yeah. everything's just going to be all right. Because I know when I went rogue, somebody just needs to tell me that like on a daily, on the hour, like everything's going to be all right. right. <laughs> So I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Please tell everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you. I am super easy to find. All of my social medias and my website is Real Life by Rhonda, and there is no H in Rhonda. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or reallifebyrhonda.com. Awesome. And if you're driving, definitely check out the show notes. All of her information will be in the show notes for you. So you can link up and start cyber stalking her because you're going to want to do that. (laughs) And definitely reach out and say hello. So again, thank you so much, Rhonda, for being on the Go Rogue podcast. I know your story is going to inspire so many people. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being such an awesome client. Awesome. All right. So definitely subscribe to the Go Rogue podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Get out there, take action, be brave and go rogue.